Welcome to Inside My Canoe Head, a podcast about self-reliance and building a more resilient lifestyle. Hang on and join us for your latest emergency preparedness information, building a better you in the face of life's disruptions, and all those other crazy stuff that's driving us nuts in today's world. I'm your host, Jeff. Let's get at it. So thanks for joining us again here on Inside My Canoe Head. We appreciate you taking the time to drop by. Uh, I want to shout out this week to some of our new listeners in South Africa, Denmark, the Netherlands, our friends over on Deezer joining us, and a couple of new folks from different areas of the United States of America. I must say I truly appreciate the support, and as always, we're always looking for your feedback, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, You can jump over to my business side of the account at preparednesslabs.ca, leave me uh, a note there, or you can just send me an email at jeff at preparednesslabs.ca, and I appreciate all the comments you have. Listen, uh, you know, I'm a 28-year Army veteran. There's nothing you can tell me that I haven't been called already, uh, or probably worse. So feel free. If you've got an idea, if you'd love to talk about something, then, then I can most certainly put it in the repertoire. What we're trying to do is stay along the genre of individual emergency preparedness, which is why today I think it's a lot of fun. We're going to talk about, so you want to be a prepper, eh? And I think that's important because a lot of people have an idea of what a prepper is in their mind, a survivalist, a doomsdayist. It could be a number of things out there. And I think it's very important that we make the notable difference between what we're talking about here on this podcast, which is all about developing prepared individuals, people who take responsibility for their own outcomes and are making the choices to make sure that their future is best prepared for themselves and the people that they love. But there's a difference between that and a prepper and a survivalist, etc. So today we're going to explore all of that. I'm going to offer you some definitions. I'm going to give you some advice on what I think it means to be a prepper. And then I'll give you a roadmap. If you want to do this, jump aboard, join us. It's a great trip. But uh, it's not exactly what you think it is in in my simplistic uh, outline of this that I'll, that I'll put in front of you today. So What we first want to accomplish is a definition, and definitions matter. Labels matter, attachments matter, and nomenclature matters across whatever industry you're dealing with. So a prepper is, you know, has been much disregarded and much uh, railed on against in the press prior to COVID-19 showing up. Everything from Mormons to wingnuts to the famous TV show Doomsday Preppers. And everybody has an image what a prepper is. So what I'm going to try to do is offer you what I think is a proper definition of a prepper and then, you know, fire me your commentary to see if it fits. A prepper is an individual who believes there is a likelihood for a significant event and chooses to become capable of independently navigating the event and the post-event timelines. Usually as part of a group, preppers never panic by. They don't have to because they're thinking long term. So that's why I codify and and define and put the framework around a prepper is as an individual who believes there's a significant event and they're doing everything necessary so that they can take over responsibility for that through the event, post-event timelines, and they generally are in no requirement for support from the general public or let alone the government, but they generally do it within a group. Now, 
sometimes survivalists are called out there and and i see a difference between a prepper and a survivalist if you think along a continuum from least prepared on the left to the most prepared on the right you'll see the average joe public at the one end on the left then you move over to a prepared individual which is the focus of this podcast and then we move to what i just offered you as a definition of a prepper if you're going to take a step further to what we call a survivalist I'll offer you a definition of that. And a survivalist is the farthest point on a spectrum or continuum. They are of the belief there will be a society-altering event whose return to normalcy is unlikely and the current organization of society will dissolve. As such, they have developed skills necessary to be successful in the new environment. Far more likely of these individuals to be in a very small group, if not lone wolf. And the best way to describe them is they essentially fear everything falling apart. Now, if you talk to a survivalist, and I I know a couple of them, not a great number, but I know a couple of them, they'll tell you they don't fear anything. They are ready for society to completely and utterly fall apart to its basic foundation and not get rebuilt in the ways that we think of society now. Uh, That is, I would say is fear. They will disagree with me. Fair enough. You can throw it out there. But you got to remember right now in COVID-19 age and and prior to COVID-19 age, there are many people that are already living in a state of collapse whose societies and, and lifestyles that they understood as of March have been completely and fundamentally altered and may never return to normal. So these people are living through a mini what preppers get ready for and on the far end what survivalists are building the skills for and i'll give you an example of collectiveness uh in the prepper community mormons are always seen as one of the stalwart um groups that we look to in the preparedness community because they have massive networks of farms grain silos and food depots that are designed to help themselves and their neighbors for they believe when disaster strikes uh, not if So the Mormon philosophy is we have to be prepared to take care of ourselves and our brethren and those in our faith community. And so we're going to invest a large amount of time and money in grain silos, food depots, canning depots, all of these things available and essentially have their own Costco shopping network related to that. Now, it's obviously a little bit different than that. I'm being generalistic about it. And I'm not shooting them down. They're very, very well connected. And and I've had a neighbor when I was living in Kingston, Ontario, who was a Mormon, one of the friendliest men I ever met. He'd help you in a heartbeat. I showed up there. The movers are unloading stuff, and it's just craziness. And then he walks in with two plates of a chicken dinner for my wife and I, and it was like freaking paradise. It was wonderful. But they're there to help people. Obviously, I'm not talking about the religious side of things. That's an individual choice, but as a general structure. So that gives you an idea that preppers are not individuals who work on their own. They don't hide in the corner and fail to tell everybody. They don't generally broadcast what they're doing, but they do make sure that they are part of a larger network because preppers understand that you only succeed as a community. When you have others to rely upon, you gain strength. And it's something called social capital that is extensively explored in academia. It's actually the subject of my PhD. And it's really interesting when you look at where today's world is. Now, you can go and look at it from several different viewpoints. For example, I found a great quote uh, from the Navajo and Hopi uh, cosmology when they think about we're being in the fourth world, which is likely to end as a result of human hubris. You look at the geological and anthropological epoch 
that we're currently in of Anthropocene, it's arguably marked by, it started about 1950s, 1960s, depending on which uh, expert you believe. And it's marked by the invention of microplastics, heavy metals, and thermonuclear weapons, all of which, believe it or not, even microplastics has the right, have the ability to bring our society uh, to its knees. Uh, and some may laugh at the microplastics, but if you really understand the damage that they can do to the ecosystem, it's not like microplastics will kill humans. Microplastics will kill the environment that supports human life. And that's what a lot of people don't understand and preppers do understand about things like microplastics, about things like climate change. Raising the, the ambient temperature in the world by four degrees Celsius is probably not going to kill many human beings as a reduction direct result of the increase in the heat what it's going to do is fry the entire support system that nature provides to permit human life and therefore you're going to see mass die-offs of human beings due to the increase in the temperature due to the support structure being removed not the actual temperature killing humans and and, and a lot of times a lot of people fail to understand that when they study climate change or weather anomalies is that that's what removes the human being from the equation as a success is when you take away the support structure that keeps us alive and listen there's a lot of people out there that don't understand that we're actually part of the environment we don't sit on top of it but hey that's a podcast for a different day so you want to be a prepper eh? the point of this podcast episode all right let's get at her uh so where's the big difference between the prepared individual that you probably are, somebody who has picked a certain timeline and you've got yourself ready for it and you're all prepared for what you believe to be the coming threats in your area, the vulnerabilities of your family, you've done all of that. So how do you make that switch from that point to be a prepper? So the first thing is you have to understand is preppers make this part of their normal day, their normal routine. Everything that they do has a preparedness angle to it. It is not something that is periodically done. It is not something that is just looked at here and there. It is part of their daily routine. So understand you're adopting an even more, I wouldn't call it invasive, but an even more focused mentality. So when we look at what preppers do, the first and foremost thing that most of them do is they stockpile food. Now, they don't go out and panic buy. They don't buy a large amount of food at a time. But what they do is they incrementally increase the amount of food that they procure on their regular grocery day. So if you might buy seven cans of soup for a week and that's your family's norm, preppers will buy eight. But they'll do that for five years. So you see how they slowly but surely will build up. When uh, toilet paper goes on sale, they'll buy one extra package. When paper towel goes on sale, they'll buy one extra package. When Tide goes on sale, they'll buy two extra bottles. And they'll slowly build up those stockpiles around them as part of the regular, and they don't stop. A prepper doesn't live in a world where I have enough. A prepper lives in the world where I continue to do this as part of the nomenclature, and I'm building my stockpile. Because remember, preppers are part of a group of individuals who are like-minded and prepared, but they are also understand they're part of a bigger community. So preppers are more than likely, not the doomsday as you see in the tinfoil hat fools that you see on TV that talk about, I'm going to shoot anybody who comes for my food and all that crap. The preppers are more than likely going to be more than happy to hand out a little bit of food to their neighbors who are in trouble. Obviously, they're not going to give away their stockpile, but that extra amount that they procure gives them that ability. 
So they also work on skill management. And this is an important thing with a preparedness individual moving to a prepper is the increase in skill management across the necessities of survival. And what I mean by that is it's quite simple is that uh, we're going to go back and quick review of the basics here. So there are some very specific needs of survival. And I'm talking about not thriving in society. I'm talking about just keeping the human being alive in today's world. The first is the thermal regulation of body temperature. That means you're able to keep yourself from freezing to death or boiling to death. And that simply means that you have developed the skills to build shelters, to build fires, and to build windbreaks and all these other things and keep yourself warm and dry and out of whatever the elements you may be exposed to so that your body can do its job in maintaining its thermal regulation of core temperature. Basically, that's your 37 and a half degrees Fahrenheit that keeps yourself from dying a quick and horrible, painful death. And so what the preppers are doing is they're making sure that they have that skill set in all seasons. So depending on where you live or where you may have to evacuate to, depending on your personal family plan, they're going to be able to, from nature or from the supplies that they have or from what they may scrounge across, be able to build all kinds of different improvised structures shelters and provide warmth dry and cooling if necessary within those structures when it comes to potable water a prepper has the ability to make potable water from almost any water that you can come across anywhere in the world and they develop the skills over and over again and they practice it caloric intake a prepper is able to understand the edible food that is in the immediate vicinity and the type of world they live in. They're able to grow their own food. They're able to understand cooking avenues of food, such as smoking and various different things. And preppers are able to basically ensure that they and the ones that they love are able to take in sufficient calories from the environment around them. They also have another skill in medical management. Now, this can go way along a scale, but Preppers have an advanced first aid capability and skill set. They're into wound suturing, which means when you go to the doctor and they put stitches in with that big hook and tie them shut, preppers do that. Preppers can do that and they can do it safely. They take the necessary medical training. They have exceptionally robust first aid kits and surgical interventions. Some of them even have surgical staplers to be used for it. Um, They have the ability and knowledge to amputate a appendage if necessary and they just have these skill sets. Obviously, you don't practice <laughs> cutting somebody's arm off. But the point being is, is that when it comes to medical management and medical issue management, preppers have an exceptional level of skill. They understand that they have to be able to do everything short of open heart surgery. Everything short of opening the human body up and dealing with an internal injury, preppers have to be able to do that without any external medical assistance from society. And the last one, the one that always gets all the cute little uh, videos and tinfoil hat people all excited, is security. Preppers understand that they are responsible for the security of themselves and the ones that they love. They're also responsible for the security of the equipment that they have put together and the supplies. And therefore, they take a good hard look at their physical, their mental security, their layered defense, and they have all kinds of situations in practice so that they know how to deal with different threats and they do so within the laws of the society they live in because preppers aren't lawbreakers. So let me be crystal clear on that. A prepper is not somebody who's going to do a whole bunch of things that break the law and hope they don't get caught because they don't believe in society. That's not a prepper. That's an anarchist. uh, That is somebody out 
on a whole different spectrum altogether. Preppers are law-abiding citizens. They're actually more than likely going to be very involved in civics and community, and they, they care a great deal. But they're going to take all the necessary precautions that the law permits them to do to ensure the security of themselves, the people they love, and their equipment. And they're going to do that by fortifying windows. A friend of mine has um, shatterproof film on all his windows. So his windows look normal. You can just take a sledgehammer to it, and that sucker is not coming apart. You'll smash the window, no problem. You're just going to be 10 to 15 minutes to get in. He's got steel-reinforced door uh, bolts on his all his entrance doors to his house, which means it would take a police squad probably 15 to 20 minutes to knock down his door. And that's from repeated ongoing attempts with a ramming device. Um, that just gives him the time and space that he needs to enact his alternate defense measures, be it evacuation of his house. See, again, preppers are not these uh, do-or-die-on-the-hill individuals that you see they make out in the movies. Preppers have no interest in dying for their cause whatsoever. Preppers have an interest in living, which is why they're taking all of this thing. So if 25 people are beating down the front door of their house, they're not going to die in the living room with a shotgun uh, because that's what they saw in the movies. The preppers don't live like that. They make the necessary decisions and arrangements to ensure that they continue living. But the big part of them is they have an, what we call in uh, theory and society is they have a sense of agency. They do it themselves. If there's something that they can do, they learn how to do it themselves. Now, as a prepper, you're always starting off with probably a low level of skills in certain areas. And therefore, because of that, you're going to want to learn more skills. They continue to doing that. And a great phrase that I read in research for this show was uh, the advice to bloom where you are planted. And it basically means that we all don't get to choose where the birth lottery drops us and where life brings us to, but here you are. Take a long look around, bloom where you're planted. This is your call. This is where you are in life. Uh, if this is your situation that you've drawn, now let's see how good you can get where you are. It's all about sustainability, self-sufficiency, and community. Again, you see community popping up all the time. Preppers are not lone wolves. Catastrophe by its very nature, falls short of finality. It is the end of something, but it is never the end. And that's the positive framework in a prepper's mindset. But you got to understand, there's also issues with prepping in that they're caught in the middle of a whole bunch of different narratives in today's society. You have Marxists and neoliberals are looking to try to collapse capitalism. So for whatever reason, and we'll do it on a different podcast, the pros and cons of Marxism versus capitalism. But right now you've got a group of Marxists and neoliberals who are significantly looking to collapse capitalism. Now they're doing that not from rioting. What they're doing it is they're building such, they're trying through government to build such a large regula regulatory framework with a whole bunch of requirements and overarching guidance, oversight in industries that they're just going to put such a suffocating muzzle on top of free market capitalism that they're going to bring it down. You have digital technology ready to disrupt all industries. So if you think about repetitive work, if you do a job that is repeated the same thing over and over again, you're in trouble. If you do a job that does not require you to use your cognitive part of your brain, in other words, you're just going to flip burgers or you're just going to put nails in a board, or you're just going to do something that is simplistic and repetitive, then you are going to be replaced. In some U.S. states, something like 15 U.S. states, the number one occupation is truck driver. Now, depending on whether you believe the 
um, rhetoric that you hear around um, autonomous driving, 10 years from now, nobody's going to be a truck driver unless you're going to be short haul inside city limits. Um, the long-term truck hauling as a job is done in 10 years. So if that's what you're doing right now, understand that that job will not exist. Fair enough. You may agree with it. You may not agree with it. It doesn't matter what you agree with, though. Digital technology is coming to disrupt. There were taxi drivers who thought they would make a great living by spending a quarter million dollars buying a license plate number and then hoping that that will grow and accrue in value. And Uber and Lyft come along, and it's now worth $15.25 licensing fee, and they have a quarter million dollar mortgage on a taxi number. You can look at any industry. Digital disruption. So... When they talk about the returning of uh, jobs to North America from overseas, reshoring as they refer to it, it actually is going to happen for a whole bunch of reasons uh, that has very little to do with whomever is in the Oval Office. But reshoring is happening. But when these factories come back to North America, they're going to hire very, very few people. So if you think you're going to do repetitive labor in a factory of any type, making anything, uh, you are sorely in trouble because that job can be done by a robot. The robot doesn't take time off work, it doesn't call in sick, it works 24 hours a day, and it doesn't need to be fed, it doesn't have benefits, healthcare, pensions, and otherwise. So it is always better for a company to hire and make or build a robot than hire a human being. You may not agree with it, but welcome to the real world. And the last part that prepping gets caught in the middle of is your uh, pro-collapse government that sees chaos as an opportunity to seize wealth and power. Now, it depends on where you fall on the political spectrum, where you think these governments are. Some will call the current UK and US government pro-collapse governments. Uh, I will call them pro-law and order governments, which means they don't do very well unless there's a significant problem either external or internal of the country that requires a large uh, force, use of force, army, police force. If you can't have a power strong man or strong woman figure in charge of a country, then it's very difficult for pro-collapse governments to be successful. So you have a prepper in the middle of all of this who is an individual that sees that society, we don't know which way it's going to go, but we know it is teetering on a change, on a significant change that is going to cause disruption across almost all of the industries and all of the critical infrastructure that supports society. And a prepper understands that through all that nauseating confusion, somebody has to be in charge of being responsible for their future and the people they love and the security of their um, you know, family and friends and their community. So that's where the prepper comes in. That's where you make the difference. That's where it becomes part of your active lifestyle. And you start to go out and do all the things that you think need to be due to get the skills management. And I really like, I mean, I've highlighted that a couple of times, but I think it's the most important to understand is that preppers are constantly working on their skills. How do you go from a prepper to a survivalist? That is somebody who has really gone over the fear monkier somebody who has now moved to the scale of where they truly believe that we are looking at some type of societal collapse that is the individual who believes they're going to grab their inch bag and survive now an inch bag and in nomenclature is an i'm not coming home bag so imagine a bag that you pack with things that are going to they're going to permit you to restart life somewhere out there uh we don't know where out there is but somewhere out there you're going to grab and you're going to go and you're going to survive 
and you have all those skill sets. So you'll see survivalists are out there quite regularly practicing these skill sets because it's not just a belief they have. They truly, truly know that this is going to happen at some point in the coming future and therefore they need these skills. So they're constantly out there building their fire lighting. Remember, it's back to the basic skill sets, a thermal regulation of your body temperature, potable water, caloric intake, medical management, and security. If you survivalists are focused in on those five, that's what they do. They are going to master those five inside and out in all weather conditions and in all areas that they may actually evacuate to or live in, etc. And they've got this. And it is a primary focus of what they do in their lives. They may have to have a job to support their survivalist experts, but this is where you really step out of the box and you start to disengage from society. This is where you see the lone wolf concept. And there's a great debate in the survivalist uh, boards, blogs, YouTube, wherever else you go, as to whether it's better to be a lone wolf or whether it's to be in a small like-minded group. Lone wolves are individuals who believe that they are going to be far better off on their own and without any assistance. The small groups of like-minded people Uh, may cause bigger problems in my mind simply because when you put four alpha males together, yeah, you got a problem. You really will have a problem because those four alpha males won't agree and they're all going to be armed to the teeth and it's not going to work out well. But that's very important because survivalists think that and survivalists won't live in your cities. Survivalists have figured out a way to move off-grid outside the city Um, so they're already one step away from society and they're ready to defend their compound or grab their inch bag and run for the hills. So hopefully today was a bit of uh, a bit of a shorter episode this time. Last time, uh, last week, I went about 44 minutes. It was a little long. So hopefully we outline what you need to do to be a prepper, to make them changes necessary to get going and bring in a board and start really building that. Remember, prepping is about skills management and not just about stockpiles. So thank you very much for joining us on Inside My Canoe Head, and we look forward to hearing you in the next episode when we're going to talk about the convergence of minimalism, survivalism, preparedness, and the modern new gig economy. And we're going to give you an outlier and a look as to what it may look like when we emerge from this pandemic in 2022. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, My name is Jeff. If you have any comments, please drop us a line at jeff at preparednesslabs.ca. So stay safe, have a great week. And if you have nothing else, uh, take some time to look at October 6th release of the Gray Bearded Green Berets survivalism uh, documentary or movie he's putting out. He's literally the number one guy out there when it comes to learning how to be a hardcore prepper or survivalist. Have a great one.